Hey there, hi there, ho there, kindness warriors. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Kindness Warriors Podcast, a place where you and me and all of us get to come together for a short amount of time and just fizz each other up. We get to feel that little old sparkle of razzle-dazzle in our day. We might laugh, we might cry, we might think a little bit harder about something we haven't really thought hard about in a while. Heck, we might just spend a bit of time together decompressing. Whatever it is today, whatever you need, I hope you get it here. And if you don't, I hope you find it somewhere else because you know what? You damn well deserve it. Kindness Warriors, let's go. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. Kindness Warriors, how the heck are you? I know I say this at the beginning of every episode, but the truth of the matter is, it has been a truly hot minute since we last caught up. I think it has been over a month. Um, The last time we caught up, I was here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Uh, I am back here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Uh, And in between the, the then and the now, there has been a lot of time spent uh, back home in the United States. I had some amazing, amazing work going on over there. Some projects that I am very excited to share with you. Not now, because NDAs, uh, but in the near future. Um, and in and around all the work, um, I spent a good 10 days sitting still and saying um, the longest goodbye I've ever said to one of the most important people in my life. I know if you follow me on the social medias, you'll have seen all of the posts I've shared about my friend Pete, aka Nell Dog, um, the most souliest of soul friends I've had in my life. Um, I met Pete when I was, I think, 12 or 13. Um, 13 actually and from the time I was a freshman in high school through to my senior year he was my photography teacher but he became much more than that he became my confidant and my friend and a gentle tide of of masculinity and male energy in my life Um, he was the person who always pushed me beyond my boundaries but did so in a way that felt open and safe and secure. Um, He is the person who really helped me lean into my uh, magical and innate abilities to pull a dad joke out of any situation, especially the most inappropriate of ones. And uh, he passed away uh, three days ago now. Um, but I had a beautiful, like I said, 10 days with him where, um, I stayed with my parents and every morning I'd walk down, get a coffee at the local coffee shop. And then, um, I'd walk up to Pete's house and, um, I'd sit with him and his wife and, uh, his wife would go off and have a bit of time to, to run errands or, or do shopping. And Pete and I would talk and talk and talk and, um, when I talked him, when I talked to him for too long, <laughs> he'd sleep, and um, I know, I know, and I knew in the moments that he was actively dying, um, and so there was a moment 
I think at the very beginning, the first time I saw him when I got off the plane and I wasn't sure if I was going to make it from Auckland to LA, LA to San Diego, um, fast enough to be there with him before he passed into whatever that next realm is. Um, when I walked into the house and he was there and he was standing up and he came to greet me and we just held each other and laughed and we cried. And, uh, once we got kind of that, that big energy out of the way, um, we calmed that big energy down. And it's strange to say that we calmed the energy down over those 10 days, but we calmed it down to a point where it was bigger than it was when it was big. And what I mean by that is we really left, left nothing unsaid. And I recorded most of our chats. So I've got hours and hours of his legacy um, to go through someday. Uh, when when my heart can handle it, it's a bit it's a bit raw and fresh right now. Um, but we talked about everything. We talked about um, his life. We talked about regrets. We talked about his family, his childhood. We talked about all of his years as a, a high school teacher, the lives that he touched. We talked about legacy. We talked about legacy a lot. Uh, spirituality, growth. We talked about gender and sexuality. We talked about families and dreams. We talked about um, general semantics. Um, you name it, we talked about it. And we got to a point where we were like, I think we've said all the words. And then we realized like, no, <laughs> somehow together, we always seem to find more words. Um, some of the most precious moments of my life will be um, you know, just sitting with him, watching him rock as he slept. Um, he was, he had a, a bedroom off the, the corner of the living room. Um, and the sound that will stick, stay with me, uh, will be the sound of his oxygen machine. Um, you know, giving him the breath in the breath out, uh, to, to be able to, um, wake up and, and chit chat for a little bit longer, but there was the last time I actually sit, sat and spent time with him, um, walked into his room and there we were like uh, a couple of two old fellas with our, uh, our old socks up on the bed, feet up and just chatting and laughing. And I remember we both looked at each other and we're like, yeah, yeah, this, this is, this is what life's about. Not the hustle. Not the emails, not the money, not the titles, not the chase, not the getting lost in, in moments that don't exist, the past, the present, just being here because right here as you are listening right now, as I am speaking right now, this is all that exists here and now is all that we know. It's all that we have. So I'm thinking in the next few installments of, of this podcast, especially ending each one with a, a little nugget of wisdom from my pal Pete. I think it's a, a really nice way to, to let his legacy, um, live on. And, um, I'm happy to share him with you as well. Um, one of the things he said uh, that goes back to like this moment is all we've got and everything is made up is, he said to me, where you are is what you are. And I just went, wow. Yeah. So where you are right now is what you are. That's it. 
let go of any expectations you have for the rest of the day, any stress that's creeping in, any worry, and just be here with me just for a few more minutes. I promise not to talk your ear off like I talked his off. Um, but today I wanted to talk about, you know, Pete, and I wanted to talk about goodbyes and stopping time and gratitude, especially for the things uh, that don't work out. Um, and then maybe a little bit about the power of getting lost and finding your way. Because I think we spend so much time in our lives worrying about where we are and finding ourselves that we don't always see the beauty and the lessons in being lost. And it sounds so cliche and so, I don't know, hippie. But hey, maybe we're cliche little hippie sometimes. Maybe that's what I am right now. It's the lost where we where we do the most finding of ourselves. Um, so let's crack into that. Let's let's crack into goodbyes, and um, let's talk about some of the lessons I learned from sitting with Pete. I think um, one of the main things that a lot of people have, a lot of people, my good friends, a close family. And I have talked about over the, the course of the past few weeks is we always like to um, put two things up against each other, right? Black and white, yin and yang. There's always like this binary to life. But what I'm finding in goodbyes is we like to talk about, you know, is it better to have somebody go really fast and without pain or to have this, this elongated process of goodbye? And if we're going to put binaries up like that, I'm going to advocate for the side of knowing that a long goodbye is a gift when you grant yourself and the person who is moving towards their, their own eventual uh, end of life, when you grant all of that a big old bucket of grace, knowing that emotions are messy. A lot of the times, even the most eloquent speakers amongst us we'll never find the words in a moment to just sit with somebody and tell them how much you love them. And for me, goodbye has consisted of a few really strong um, narratives and really strong truths. And I think the first of that is that there is nothing more beautiful than showing up, than showing up for someone. I know in my heart of hearts that that Pete's thankfulness for me getting on a plane and crossing oceans and, and driving miles upon miles to sit with him daily, I know how much that meant to him. Um, and I, I know he knows that it was something that uh, means more than the world to me for him to allow me uh, to have shared in that, that precious last amount of time he had. Um, it was really neat to sit in a, a moment, in a long moment, with somebody who shares a mutual love and respect with you and who you have a long, long history with, and to really dig deep into who we are, what we believe, where we think we're going when all of this is done, um, to talk about regrets, to understand the importance of loving who we are. That's one of the things Pete and I talked about every single time we were together is um, 
his realization towards the end that he'd always liked himself and he was a confident man and he could give love. Oh, could he give love? But to love himself, to look in the mirror and to not see loving himself as something, I don't know, gratuitous or something that should cause any kind of guilt over a selfish kind of societal lens. Um, We talked about that a lot. And what I learned from him in those last moments is something I've always known, but I've never really been able to apply to myself. But I have been in the last few weeks really working at it is, is really loving yourself and knowing that in any given moment, you are enough. You don't need anybody else to tell you that. Not a single other person has to tell you you are enough, but I'm going to tell you right now, okay? You are enough. You are. You're enough for this world. That's why you're here. You're enough for yourself, for your family, for your colleagues. Even when your voice wobbles, when you're scared, when your hands shake, you're enough. When you have to stop and sit down and anxiety takes over, you are enough. When you can't figure out the last line to your song or the last sentence to your poem, or you can't quite crack the algorithmic code at work, you're enough. We're all enough. That's why we're here. That was one of the main things I learned about goodbye with Pete. Another thing was that sometimes the the magic of presence is sitting in the discomfort of silence. We're not used to that. A lot of us are not used to that anymore. We always have a distraction, whether it's, you know, a phone in our hands, whether it's scrolling social media, whether it is reading a book, whether it's writing, whether it's always trying to stay busy. The beauty of silence and just listening to each other breathe. Wow. Wow. I'd forgotten what that felt like. It's the best feeling in the world. I'll never forget the sound of his breath. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the beauty of just, you know, crying with each other, of holding each other. And then of the, one or both of us would always crack a joke. <laughs> and knowing that that's okay too. Um, but I think the main thing that Pete taught me about goodbye is that there is a transition into something different. There is a beauty in laying down any kind of fear or apprehension and just having this anticipatory way of approaching what comes next. He and I both uh, don't subscribe to um, religion per se, but both believe in a spirituality that binds all of us, all things. And towards the end, it was this, this long anticipatory journey that he took. And I felt and still feel so blessed that he was able to, to eloquently tell me about it. Um, and that he was able to put into words the, the way in which he felt. And at the end, what he felt was he was ready. And he was almost <laughs> a little annoyed that it was taking so long 
to get where he was going. Um, but even the, even that that feeling of annoyance when it was mixed with uh, anticipation of the unknown, when it was mixed with love, when it was mixed with kindness and stillness and silence and and all of the things. It was just a beautiful, beautiful goodbye. Um, going to uh, Pete's favorite donut shop and and bringing him a treat or two, um, sitting with his wife and chatting, all of these things um, have made me a better person over the years and even just within the last month. So hat off if you've got one on um, to Pete. Nell Dog, what? A dude. Uh, from goodbyes and stopping time, I wanted to take us into gratitude uh, because I feel really, really grateful um, right now. I'm in the, I'm in a, a nice, lovely little warm space of gratitude that also comes with this some deep existential heaviness, and I know that all of that exists with the rest of the colors of the world, but. The gratitude I wanted to talk about today is for the things that don't always work out, uh, for the missed connections, for the, the flights that were canceled, for the doors that were locked and the ones that were open. Um, I took a train from San Diego to LA to head back up um, and come back to um, Auckland after saying goodbye to Pete. And some of the train tracks between San Diego and LA um, had been washed out by storms earlier in the year. So when I say I took a train to LA, I took a train and then we took a bus and then we took another train. And it was on this journey where I ended up talking to two different people who had the most amazing stories. I mean, mind bogglingly colorful, hopeful, stories. And even though I was in this real sad place, I don't know. I just, I felt like I needed to just meet the eyes of certain people. And these two people, uh, reminded me of the power of opportunity and how the way that we frame our world and the way that we frame optimism and the way that we frame expectations and dropping expectation to allow space for the unexpected. It just like all of these lessons came at me at full force. And I've been walking through the world in the last few weeks in some really dark and heavy days, seeing light in the cracks, right? In the little cracks of the universe. That, that is where they say the light comes in and whoever they are, they're right this time. It's true. So take a moment if you can right now. Think about something that didn't work out and how maybe you were broken at the time. Maybe you were sad. Maybe you're still broken and sad, but, but let me just give you this. There will be a moment, whether it's in the next month or year or decade, when you look back and you smile, and you are grateful, grateful as all hell, because the thing that you're mourning right now didn't work out. So gratitude, gratitude for the things that don't work out. Oh, sitting right there in my heart.
and I hope in yours too. The the last, I guess these are all G's today, aren't they? Goodbye, gratitude, and here we go with getting lost and finding your way. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading and soul work, and let's be real, therapy, and uh, and all of the things over probably, I'm going to say the last six years, like some real deep um, inner work. And again, it was on this bus, this, sorry, train, bus, train journey um, from San Diego to LA, where I started to realize that, you know, Pete is, he is right when he was like, where you are is what you are. And we all kind of lose ourselves in the idea of being lost. We lose ourselves in the ideals that other people tell us we should believe in, in the stories, in the expectations that other people tell us we need to live into. And so we think if we're not happy, if we don't have the job, if we don't have the title, the car, the house, the social media presence, the likes, the namaste balance, the perfect home life. What the fuck is perfect? We are told then that we are lost. And again, wow, lessons coming thick and fast, y'all. Everything's made up. You're not lost. I'm not lost. We are allowed to be found in every single moment even when we don't know how to define found. And again, tracing this right back up to that other ideal of and idea of gratitude earlier. Maybe getting lost is what we're supposed to be. Maybe unlearning. Maybe not believing the first thing we think because the first thing we think usually doesn't belong to us. The first thing we think usually belongs to what we've been taught by our family and our friends and society and our churches and our groups and our teams and culture. All of that is how we react and that's our first thought that's baked into our psyches. But it's our second thought and the first action we take after that that we really get to know who we are and to just build this muscle of self-trust and self-belief and self-love and knowing again that you are enough in any given moment. When you are at the bottom, when you are at rock bottom, what does Winona Jed tell us? She tells us when you hit rock bottom, you got two ways to go, straight up and sideways. Well, I'm telling you what, Winona knows, and she's right. You can go straight up, you can go sideways. Actually, there's a different way too. You can climb, you can climb a rung, you can go up three, come back one. Everything's made up. But what she's saying is kind of true. We get to decide, even at rock bottom, that being lost is okay, and that being found is a state of mind. So it is my pleasure to be back and to be chatting with you. I am uh, really, really, really feeling all the thankful vibes for the last month, for all the crying, <laughs> for all of the time by the ocean, for family, 
funny for friends for cloudy IPAs in Manhattan Beach for dinners out in LA for long walks and babbling brooks with my childhood best friend in our hometown for everything for my mom my dad my brother his kids my family here oh all the gratitude i hope your coffee is strong i hope your bourbon is top shelf i hope your edible hits when you least expect it and i hope you go gently stay curious and that you are as brave as you need to be today kindness warriors I'll see you again soon. The Kindness Warriors podcast is produced and recorded by me, Cassie Roma. Music by Edward LaBarbera and myself. I'd rather wear the scars of broken truths and broken hearts than sitting around wondering about whether I might bleed. I want you to get married in Vegas to a stranger on the strip Skinny dip in the ocean, look I don't give a rip Smoke something stronger than a marble cigarette, oh. I want you to sip fiery whiskey, take one too many shots Buy on the pricey with the money I ain't got All the things that I ain't conquered yet I wanna live a life I regret See the ocean
But you just taste fiery whiskey and maybe do that shot Do something 